Hello, everyone, and welcome to Chopping Wood with Forrester Basketball, a podcast where we chop it up with players and coaches at HU. I'm your host, Ryan Walker. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy. Thank you for tuning in to Chopping Wood. On today's episode, we feature Hank Pulver. You may have heard of him. He's a local Huntington North High School native, majoring as an occupational therapy assistant. Thanks for joining the show, Hank. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. And I want to touch a little bit about occupational therapy. We talked a little bit about a little bit about it beforehand, but there's so many different routes uh, you can do with this. I, I guess, uh, why did you choose occupational therapy? Well, going into my freshman year, uh, I, I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do. I tried, tried business for a semester, just wasn't feeling it. And then I went into education for a semester and just tried a b- bunch of the basic intro classes, um, but nothing really was clicking. And then uh, my aunt actually is an occupational therapist, and oh, okay. I talked to her for a little bit about it and just about career and how she liked it and all that good stuff. And she uh, recommended it, and uh, I just went with it, and uh, I like it so far, and it's it's been really good for me. That's cool. I mean, it's a pretty time-consuming major as yeah. well, and, of course, being an athlete – you're on the road once or twice a week, especially this week. You're on the road twice. Uh, how do you manage the time? Yeah, I mean it's definitely difficult. Uh, we're very busy with basketball, especially once you get into into conference too, and you're always on the road and and definitely having two games a week and stuff like that. But uh, just uh, learning as I as I go on day by day, really uh, time consuming is. I mean it's everything. So. Yeah, it's definitely difficult, but this last year, these last probably two semesters for me have been a lot of learning and growth, just uh, balancing both basketball and schoolwork um, because sadly basketball will end soon, but uh, my career here is going to start taking off, so i got to just you know balance everything out and uh, figure it out as I go. One day at a time, though. Exactly. One day at a time. Exactly. I think we all really have to do that, of course. Um, and just the last thing, I guess, about uh, your major, you said you wanted to work with kids a little bit and stuff yes. like that, but you mentioned you're going to be doing some field work. Um, do you have any details on what you're going to be doing and where? Uh, no, not yet, um, just because I'm, I'm still not exactly sure uh, what I want to do. Yeah. And I imagine um, all the professors there in the OT department, they're going to help me out. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of uh, interested in the kid uh, area, and then I'm also, I also think about the hospital as well. I kind of... Uh, I know some people that work in that field, and, and they tell me some things. And so, yeah, I, I really don't quite know yet, but uh, I think I'm going to figure it out here as I start getting more into the field work and stuff like that. That's and, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Good luck with that. That's It's definitely difficult. There's a lot of unknown there. It's like, okay, where am I going to be? What am I going to be doing? You yeah, know, it, so. it can get a little Yeah, it can get a little nerve-wracking thinking about that stuff. But uh, I just I really uh, just go week by week and try to just take it take it one step at a time love it i love the attitude man uh let's flip over a little bit about huntington and basketball obviously you grew up five minutes away from your high school um so what kind of factored in that decision and is there anything that's that's really nice about being close to home yeah uh what made me come to huntington university was uh just throughout all the visits i did throughout high school going to a bunch of different colleges and universities uh, honestly, it was it was the guys. Um, they just were very welcoming. Um, a lot of them have already graduated. There's still a few here, like Peyton, mm-hmm. Caleb, Spencer. Uh, those guys. They just were whenever I came for open gyms and stuff. They just they were really nice to me and just opened up and told me everything about Huntington University. And 
it just made me feel more comfortable and being home obviously it's even nicer because uh, I can go see my family whenever and they can come see me and come to all my home games especially so yeah I mean it, it just was comfortable it felt right and uh, I, I really love the decision I made that's awesome uh, is there anything you made not like about being so close to home uh, sometimes you just kind of wish you could you could you know what else is out there you yeah, know sure I've been I've been in Huntington now for 20 years so it's just kind of like you know it's same old Huntington every day um, I love Huntington but at the same time it's like I kind of wish you could explore a little yeah, more you gotta go adventure out. yeah there there's a good amount of stuff here but it's not you know it's not a huge city yeah so exactly. you know you kind of yeah. want to explore the world a little bit and maybe you'll do that with OTA we'll see yeah we'll see um did you ever go to games as a kid and did you see yourself on that court being watching the game going I, I could see myself here is like this uh Hank Pulver's <laughs> five-year-old dream yeah. or something like that yeah, what's funny is um when my grandpa uh retired he started buying season tickets and started taking me and my brother to all the all the games and at the time i was so young i didn't really quite understand exactly uh how challenging it is just to play college basketball yeah. alone but uh definitely it's crazy to think you know now i'm here and i'm actually playing at huntington university uh, because I do see familiar faces in the stands from back when I was a kid watching. So, yeah, I mean, it's pretty uh, crazy to think about. But, uh, yeah, it, it's all good. I uh, Everyone here has just been so nice, and I've had alumni that have come up to me, and they've watched me since high school and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And it's just nice to know that you got support out there. That's cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you've got a nice following. I mean, anytime I'll mention your name or something like that, oh, yeah, we love Hank. You know, we're around <laughs> here. So I'm sure you get that all the time. Yeah, small town. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, so we'll, we'll talk a little bit about uh, games and stuff. I mean, you've got a nice four-game stretch in a way that there's – couple positives you know you can bolster a resume but also some challenges in that I guess of course we had the loss uh, on Tuesday against St. Francis that was a tough one for you guys but um, does this excite you that you see so many tough opponents in such a short amount of time to bolster a resume or do you kind of groan at the fact it's like wow this is gonna be tough uh, no I mean it's I love it it's a great challenge for us and the team uh, we had a great non-conference uh, so now, now that we're going into conference here, and obviously we're playing some really good teams, uh, can show us where we're at a little bit, and uh, I think it can just we can just build on it from game on, game on. So, uh, yeah, I mean it's it's always good stuff. It's I mean you know Crossroads is fun, man. It's it's it what really you live is. for, and it's good basketball. So I, I really do think we can build off every game and and just take it one one game at a time. Sweet. Uh, one of the things that Corey Alford mentioned, uh, he mentioned it on the bus as you guys were leaving, and I talked to him a little bit about it and um, a little bit with Zach, that recovery is probably one of the most important things uh, yes. to have a successful season throughout the year. So is there anything specific that maybe you do to help your body recover um, after a tough game? I mean, Zach and I were talking a little bit about it. He said, you know, he's playing close to maybe 30, 40 minutes, and you're definitely up there. Um, and minutes being a starter, um, it, it kind of wear and tears on you a little bit. So is there anything specific that you do in general to get ready for the next one on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, uh, especially from, like, uh, probably starting my sophomore year, I started to get a lot more sore after games. Yeah. Um, getting older, so, man. Yeah, getting a little <laughs> older, I guess. <laughs> and I just do basic things. I mean, stretching, rolling out, stuff yeah. like that, icing. Um, I have like a hypervolt, you know, that pounds like your muscles. Yeah, one of those massage yeah. guns. Yeah, yeah, like the massage gun. Yep. Um, and those, those are those are great. So just little things like that. But yeah, definitely, especially when you get going in the conference and you're playing a lot more games and you don't have much time to recover like you usually do. 
yeah, I mean, taking care of your body is important. Yeah, sure. And you guys work with Josh Watson a lot. Who yeah, he's I, amazing. I, he does a terrific job with you guys, and I'm glad that he came along. I think it was last year. Did he start doing stuff yeah, with you yeah, guys? Yeah, last That's year awesome. was the first year, and he's been amazing for all of us. He helps us out and everything. So, yeah, I'm, we really appreciate everything Josh does. Yeah, and Josh is with the, uh, for those that don't know, uh, he works with the basketball team, but he's also a professor here of exercise science. He does a great job with that. I had a class with him. I had a wellness class, and I was just, wow, this guy knows, seems like everything yeah, about yeah, this, which yeah, is really great. cool. Um, but he's a really relatable guy, great great guy to be around. So it's really cool <laughs> that he's working with you guys. Um, so talking a little bit about the, the three-game stretch now that uh, you guys have um, taken on St. Francis, uh, are you guys excited about the two teams that are going to be playing here? I mean, it's going to be probably the two toughest teams in Grace and Indiana Wesleyan, but you're going to play them at home. Is that... How exciting is that for you to have those two games in one week? Yeah, I mean, whenever we're playing at home, it's exciting knowing that you got your home court. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, we just are focusing one game at a time. And, you know, next game is what we're focused on right now. We're not really looking at the big picture of the sure. next three. I know they're both they're all great teams and stuff like that. But we really just want to focus on what's next and what's ahead of us and just take it one game at a time because – uh, every team in the crossroad can really step up, and you never know what what you're going to get, and that's why you got to be always ready. Sure thing, man. It's, it's sorry for distracting you if we're not, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> you know. No, you're um, good. And of course, I'm going to ask this question, uh, which is way down in the future. But how often do you guys talk about the national tournament? I mean, this is a place that we haven't been in um, in a little bit. I think we got really close last year, and COVID kind of hurt that with the amount of teams that were in it and such but how often you guys talk about that or you yourself think about that i mean that's that's quite the goal and it's i mean it's it's it could be right there for you guys. yeah yeah i mean i ever since coach alford came here i think that was a goal mm-hmm. uh just for the whole program uh to make it to the tournament and compete um so yeah i mean that's definitely in talks with the team and what it takes to get there and uh it's it's definitely a challenging challenging road to get to but i, I believe we can do it we have the we have the team and and the coaches and everybody's all bought in, and it's it's can be special. Absolutely. I think you guys are right in the driver's seat for it. A lot of basketball to be played, of course. But I think just looking at the resume a little bit right now, the record, and what you guys potentially could do over this next month or so, yeah. you know, definitely could bolster that resume. Yep. Uh, so my last question is always a fun question. You know, you'd never know what I'm going to pop hmm. out here. Uh, so it's the new year. And yep. people make New Year's resolutions. I personally don't like to make any. It's it's like if I think of something that I want to improve on, okay, let's improve it now, you know. But yeah. do you have any New Year's resolution resolutions as a player and or as a person? Um, as a person, I don't I don't know if you could count this even as a resolution. I just deleted Instagram. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, I got rid of my account, just starting to get rid of social media. Interesting. Um, okay. I mean, I love social media. It's great to communicate and, mm-hmm. and all that, but I just felt like I didn't really need it. Mm-hmm. And so the new year started, and I just deleted my account. So, wow. uh, that's yeah, a, that's it's a big kinda, move. That's yeah, a big I mean, move. It's, it was tough. It's not easy because, I mean, you know, everyone's plugged in their phones yeah, these days. Of so, course. Yeah, I deleted my Instagram. Uh, but on the court, uh, really just uh, trying to develop my game both inside and out, um, trying to work on the three ball more and also just developing in the paint, uh, rebounding better, sure. getting more rebounds uh, something. Uh, I know Coach Alford's really wanting me to 
improve on and something I've been trying to work on. So that's that's probably something I would say is resolution for basketball. And then, yeah, outside was getting rid of the uh, social media. All right, so adding more stuff to your game, adding rebounds and deleting social media <laughs> accounts. All right, yeah, sounds, that's right. sounds good, Hank. Well, hey, thank you so much uh, for sharing that stuff about OTA and the team and, uh, of course, your New Year's resolution. So good yeah. luck to you guys on this tough stretch, of course, and the rest of the season. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to our player interview on Chopping Wood. Let's bring in Carson Watkins as we break down Forster basketball. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Chopping Wood. Carson Watkins joins me after a really hard-fought basketball game, for me, at least. I had to mention it, Carson. I'm so sorry. What was the final score of that game? I don't even know, but all I know is I did terrible. Um, No one's ever questioned my commentating acumen, but my basketball acumen is very... (laughs) awful and um it was proven so hopefully that tape gets buried and is never seen again (laughs) uh we were just in our uh sports broadcasting class and now we're recording after that and i beat carson in a one-on-one we have to do some gameplay and teach the youngins some stuff about sports broadcasting so nobody wants to hear about our game though we want to talk a little bit about uh huntington university's basketball team unfortunately took the loss on tuesday against st francis 97 to 87 a 10 point loss for the Foresters, they were down 17, or I think it was 17 uh, in the second half, and then they ended up uh, cutting that to five points, and then they ended up ultimately losing uh, by 10 points there. St. Francis was really good with free throws, uh, tough down to stretch, and Zach Goodline led the way with 24 points, just wasn't enough for Huntington there, uh, obviously giving up 97 points. Um, that that doesn't look uh, too good. I, I don't think uh, the staff would be too happy about that one. But main message was, all right, guys, hey, take the day to recover, and we're going to focus on Marion. And I think that's a great message that Corey Alford and his staff has said, hey, that that's in the past. Here's the future. I agree with you. And you know, like we like we said, we ride the bus. And you know, you also he said, keep your head up. That's what they're going to have to do. It was a tough game. I think really what the big issue was, what we kind of talked about in our radio broadcast, is unfortunately they just didn't have a full 40, and that hurt them. They had a solid 20-25, but not a solid 40. There was gaps in that game where they just fell apart, the wheels got off the track, then they got back on the track and cruised until the wheels fell off the track again. So that game was very winnable. That's... So that's a positive sign. Like you said, I mean, they they made a lot of their one-on-ones and their foul shots in general. If they, they were struggling a little bit there in the first half, so if that would have continued for the rest of the game, that would have been an issue. They would have, Forrester's might have been able to squeak by with a win, but just wasn't meant to be on this night. But they did play great perimeter defense, leaving, leading one of the best three-point shooting team in the country yeah. to very few of them, so positives all around even in a loss yeah for sure Carson and that's that's a team that it's really hard to scout and it's definitely really hard to defend I mean they have three just outstanding players of course an all-american last year on the third team was Antoine Cushenberry and then they also have David Aja as well who was a second team all crossroads last year and then a second team all crossroads league last year in Jalan Mull so those two guys alone opens it up for the ultimate player in Antoine Cushenberry. And I thought the Foresters did well, um, especially in the first half on Cushenberry. It was going to be a really fun matchup to see what Zach Goodline could do against him. Such a great defensive player. But 
I, he's just so shifty that he he would find himself off of Zach at some point, and he would just drive through the lane and just he's great on both hands, ball handling skills. He's quick. I mean, he you just you blink and he's gone. It, it's really tough to figure out where he's at, and you can't you can't double team him really because you've got other guys like Dan McKee, man, the three man is what I said during the radio <laughs> broadcast. Carson loves that one. Uh, but you also have David Aja, who can shoot the three, and then Jalan Mull, who's also shifty as well, and he can shoot. So you can't really double-team him. So you leave Zach out on an island one-on-one for the entirety of the game, and he played 40 minutes. So that's really tough for him. But I, I uh, talked to him uh, the day after the game, and he said, I'm built for these moments, and our team is built for these moments, uh, playing tough minutes and more minutes in these tough conference games. He said, I'm, I'm built for this. We're all conditioned for it. And uh, I, he still played very well. I mean, he had 24 points in that game. So, you know, you look at Cushenberry, you go, wow, you know, that's that's really impressive. Well, so is Zach Goodline, you know, and he's he's the leader of this team, and he definitely showed why there. And he's he's done a great job on the road. And I was taking a look at some of the splits for him, and he averages 21 points per game on the road. But when we're at home, it's it's a lot less than that. So when we're at home, it's a different story. He, he'll he really pass the ball a lot better. And I think what I saw was he had one more assist per game at home than on the road. So it looks like it's kind of two different players, Carson. When you go on the road, you know, he's, he's, he's a scorer. And then when he's at home, he's a facilitator. Yeah, I think one thing that also can be chalked up to that uh, difference in averages is the Forge has had a few blowouts at home. So I think he's played a little bit less minutes. He's played almost – I actually look – I looked it up. He's played only about, not played only about ninety to hundred minutes the yeah. entire year. Yeah. So, you know, like like you said, that's just he's gonna play that way. You know, you can look at the Marion game as an example of just like you know he sat down pretty early and so you know couldn't keep his averages up. But in you know games like the Bethel game, the Spring Harbor game, where he played hero ball, which to quote him, he's built for moments like that. He yeah. plays just great hero ball, and. It's just, like I said, a lot of positive take from that St. Francis game is just one step ahead where the Cougars, but like Corey said, live and learn. Yeah, exactly, Carson. And it, it's early. As you heard from Hank Pulver, Carson hasn't yet because he hasn't listened to it yet. But uh, Hank Pulver said, you know, we don't like to – we don't look like to look ahead too much. You know, I mentioned Grace uh, in Indiana Wesleyan next week, and he said, you know, we got a game on Saturday. We're kind of focused on that. So uh, Corey Alford's message really is hitting through to his players. You know, we're focusing on Marion right now. Uh, so, of course, I followed up with a question talking about the national tournament. And then I only bring this up. I know it's early. And we really don't know where they're at right now. Do they make it? Do they not? We don't really know. And we shouldn't know right now. There's plenty of games to be played. But I want to bring this up because they're 13-4. and four. Terrific record, right? I don't think they have one, a couple games that are huge resume boosters right now. Obviously could pick that up potentially later, but a receiving vote victory on the road to Indiana Tech I think is one of those games. But they have an opportunity here to keep a really good record over these next three games in which they play all ranked opponents, one on the road on Saturday, which would be tomorrow when this comes out, against Marion. So you pick up maybe one or two of these victories and they become 14 and 6 by the end of the stretch or 15 and 5 if you look at them as a 15 and 5 team with a road victory over Indiana Tech who has receiving votes that road victories are tough 
So that is really saying something. Or if you have a couple home victories maybe against Grace or Indiana Wesleyan, or maybe a mixture between a victory at Marion or just going 2-2 two and two on this four-game stretch. So, uh, Carson, I kind of want to get your thoughts on that. Are you thinking about the national tournament in this perspective like I am, I guess? Yeah, I mean, this is a team that we've believed could make the national tournament. They, like you aforementioned, they could have made it last year if it would not have been a lesser bracket due to the pandemic. But, yeah, I mean, we've been talking about this stretch over and over again. This is just, it's a brutal stretch. And the the good news is, if you're the Foresters, is you're going to get pretty much the same stretch in about three weeks. you got Spring Arbor here, St. Francis here, Indiana Wesley on the road, Marion here, Goshen here, and then Gray's ended up the season. And like I said, I'm going to say 1,000 to 1, they're probably going to make the Crosswoods League tournament. And as you mentioned, even winning an opening round game could be huge, especially if they don't get the home game to, you know, getting that out-large bid. So, especially, Yeah, if you go on the road and beat somebody, that's a huge deal, but you want to have a home game, of course. Yeah, especially, like you said, we've been playing quite well at the home. Right now we're sitting at, if I may, 7-1 and one at home. The only loss being that heartbreaker to Taylor, which really could have gone either way. But... Yeah, I mean, these road games are going to be really important. This Marion game really does mean a lot to this team this weekend because, like I said, if you look at the stat sheet, like you said, I was thinking at the beginning, you kind of when you mentioned, you said they lost by 10, they were down by 17, they only lost by 10, but they were only down 5 at one point. Mm-hmm. These voters, I, you know, they're, they're smart guys. They're good basketball guys. They don't pick these voters for nothing. Yeah. They're going to look at these stat sheets and they're going to say, well, you know, Huntington may have lost this game, but... If you scratch the slightest bit below the surface, they were in it. So if they stay in these games, pull out a couple wins, I don't see how you could deny them an at-large bid and the best conference in this league. Yeah, I, I kind of look at it that way, too, you know, if I'm a voter. You know, obviously, if you're a fan of a specific team, you look at it in the most positive spin possible. But when I when I look at it, if I'm a voter, I go, okay, well, you've got all these bubble teams, and say Huntington's a bubble team, and you're trying to figure out, oh, well, they have three more losses, four more losses than somebody else out there. Well, compare the conferences, because those losses could be all top ten losses, all ranked losses, and it's like, wow. You know, when you look at the losses right now, you know, obviously Taylor was one of them. You know, they're not ranked or or whatever, but you got West Virginia Tech, who had receiving votes, of course, or St. Francis on the road, who was number one earlier this year. So they have a capability of being one of the best teams nationally. Now they're 25 right now, but, I mean, just looking at it that way, it's like, okay, well, all right, they, they lost that one. That's a tough one. And then a couple, if they can pick up a couple victories in conference play that are in the top 10 or top 15, that's a huge thing to put on a resume. You know, you can beat who you want, receiving votes, or say like number 25, number 24, but if you beat like a Grace College who was one of the hottest teams in the NAIA throughout the season or a powerhouse in Indiana Wesleyan, that's that says that you can beat some serious opponents out here. So I that that's how I look at it, of course. So... I mean, of course, I'm rooting for Huntington here. We both go to the school here, so we're going to see the most positive spin, and we're inside with the team. So that's just how I look at it, I guess. I agree with you 100%. And 
kind of like what you said, you look at some of these conferences, and I've talked to people about it before, even outside of the basketball team. You know, if you look at conferences that aren't the crossroads, and you look at some of the top teams in that they match up with some of our, you know, five, six, seven teams, some of the top teams in other conferences. So once again, it's going to be up to these voters to just scratch a little bit below the surface, which they're going to do. I imagine there's some kind of conference or something to Zoom call maybe. A little to, committee, yeah. Yeah, a committee to look at this. Uh, if you're a college football fan, you probably hate this term by now, but the eye test, <laughs> got to pass the eye test, and just things like that. And, you know, I think this team, bar I think if they play hard, like you said, win a couple of these games, even if they can knock off Indiana Wesleyan or Grace, maybe that should just be a, you know, put them right in the bubble right there. You know, you can't give them one of the, barring a tournament championship or a regular season championship, you just can't give them a bid. But yeah. they're a serious bubble team. I don't think anybody's going to dispute that. Yeah, I mean, you look at the record, and it's it's 13-4. and four. That's that's a pretty-looking number. I mean, eight wins in a row, That's that's a nice number to have, especially – after the eight eight games in a row, you know, you look at it and you go, eh, okay. But that's that's something that people will look at regardless of who you played. Is what is your record? That's the first thing that people look at. So, all right, we're gonna end the show on one really fun thing. I gave Carson almost zero time to do this, but I just thought of it a couple hours ago before the class that we were taking, and I told myself I found some couple a couple really cool stats that I thought I would share with the audience that has something to do with. Uh, keys to winning and losing. I, no, I'm not a basketball junkie. Like I'm not. I don't. I didn't play in high school or anything like that. So no, I don't have the keys that somehow the basketball team just hasn't figured out by now. No, I just have a couple interesting stats. Um, and I asked Carson. I was like, find a stat that maybe you can see that you want to share at something interesting. You know, maybe. Uh, maybe I don't know a player in home games in February. Ben Humberkaus has way more blocks than anybody. I don't know something fun. So Carson, what did you come up with? All right, this one's pretty lazy, but I once again I didn't <laughs> give him any time. So it may, may, may come back to me next week. But right now, one thing I did really find interesting. I said I previewed it earlier. I have the exact number here. Zach Goodline has played 541 minutes this year. The the whole team has played 680. Oh my goodness! No, that that's that's a pretty good one. I was thinking you were oh Zach has uh twenty points per game at home this year no or something like that no that's that's very interesting. Yeah, I I thought I thought of something, but it was a lot of math and like I said, I didn't have enough time. Maybe next week. How about next week? I booked this down. For sure, okay. sure, sure. Mm-hmm. We can definitely do that. Wow, now that's that's a pretty incredible stat. Obviously, he's the leader of this team, uh, not only on the court but of course scoring and I'm sure off the court as well. Um, just a great player indeed. Well, something that I found, and some of this uh, goes without saying in team victories and such. You know, I'm not going to pull out a stat and say, oh, the Foresters, uh, they uh, they shoot so much better when we win over we lose. <laughs> you know, but it, it is kind of like that, I guess. So in games that Huntington wins, they average about 10 more rebounds per game and five more assists. Now, to me, rebounds is a stat where – it's kind of a team chemistry stat in a way. If you're forcing tough shots, the more rebound opportunities you have. So if the team is making every shot, then you don't have any rebound opportunities. But if the team is missing more shots, likely your defense is playing well. So I think that's kind of a team chemistry stat in a way. And then looking at stats with assists, I feel like that's also a team stat. If you're passing the ball well, enough and having that team chemistry you're probably going to end up with more assists so I look at those two as team chemistry stats and I just wanted to 
kind of put that out there. When they play more as a team, I guess you could say, uh, with that explanation, the more that they they win games. So in games that they win, 10 more rebounds on average, 5 assists more on average. So when this team is put together, put together and comfortable on the court, they get more wins and they play much better. So I just wanted to throw that out there, and I think – uh, Huntington got heavily out-rebounded against St. Francis. I thought that they, I'm not going to say they didn't play like a team, but I think that they were a little out of sorts. I think that uh, I think that they were prepared to play, but once they got out there, it was like, wow, I think these guys are a lot quicker than what we expected. I think these guys are um, a much better uh, passing team than what we expected. And uh, I think Huntington looked a little bit out of their zone there. So, I think when St. Francis comes back out here, thanks, Carson. Yes, it was 43-25 to 25, uh, in favor of St. Francis on the rebound. So when St. Francis comes back here, it was somewhere where they're more comfortable and they've played more games, they might be well more prepared. So that's where I think you can make an adjustment and maybe win that game or something. You know, if, if the Foresters win that game, I wouldn't be surprised because it's like, okay, we have game tape of what, what they did. We know what they do now. We're going to be a lot more prepared. I'm not saying they don't prepare. They prepare like crazy. I was talking to Coach Alford yesterday, Carson. This was really interesting. Uh, I said, uh, I, I know it's really early, but have you guys looked at game tape? And he said, oh, yeah. Well, we're already uh, – Coach Strom and Coach Jared are already looking at uh, Marion and Indiana Wesleyan right now. I mean, this is hours after the game. This is the morning of the night that they just played the previous day. So they're, they're already looking at stuff. So they prepare like crazy for this stuff. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, a little fun stat. We don't, we don't do super fun stuff when Carson and I talk. I guess we just talk about the games and such like that. So I thought I'd just throw a little thing out there and see how it works. Yeah, you guys liked it. So Yeah, and if I may, I think one thing Huntington really did um, help a lot in their last game too, and it's helped them a lot this season, bench points. 24 for Huntington, 9 for St. Francis. Yeah. So, close. I mean, not close as it helps the Foresters just keep getting off the bench, especially Spencer Ballinger and Lane Sparks had the game of the week for yeah. themselves. They Spencer, played great. Spencer Ballinger fouled out, unfortunately, with like five minutes to go, but he got well, left the court to a standing ovation on the road from the Forester faithful. Yeah. So, that's really helping the Foresters right now. They have a lot of good depth. And so I think if they continue to do that and keep scoring well off the bench, good things are coming. Absolutely, Carson. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening today. Carson, thanks for joining the show. Of course, as always, um, the Foresters will play Saturday. So when you listen to this on a Friday, it will be the next day at 3 o'clock in Indianapolis. And then I really encourage you to come out because we've got some very – high-touted teams in Grace College and Indiana Wesleyan coming out on Tuesday. I believe we're playing Indiana Wesleyan, correct? Tuesday's Indiana Wesleyan, Saturday's Grace. Yeah, yes. so Indiana Wesleyan will be here uh, 7 o'clock, Platt Arena. Be there, be loud, or be square, right, Carson? Or come to the Saturday game against Grace College. That's a Saturday afternoon game at 3 o'clock or 20 minutes after the conclusion of the women's game. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for tuning in to Chopping Wood with Forrester Basketball. For more on HU Hoops, visit Ryan Walker HU on Twitter and catch more episodes of Chopping Wood every Friday. Thank you for listening. This has been Ryan Walker.